This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here comes the last DJ. Gentlemen. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, June 11th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, the savage one, Mr. Tony Spark. Tony, how you doing this morning? Doing great this morning. Doing better than I did yesterday. Sorry for the best of yesterday. Um, got home uh, ra- a little later and just I was telling Christian I hit the couch and didn't set an alarm and it was like the Thanos snap from the end of uh, Infinity War. No! And then <laughs> it was morning. It was like 9.02 and I texted it and I'm like, hey, we could still do this. And unfortunately, uh, the best of was already in motion so sorry fans for yesterday but uh, we're live today so it's it's all good exactly you know that's that's the way it goes sometimes and you know i'm never gonna hold it against you because you know what sleep is important so uh you know i got a nice little reprieve got some stuff done uh yesterday morning and uh you know we're here with a brand new show uh with that being said, Tony is going out of town this weekend. We will be running a best of, a planned best of yeah, on Monday. So that way, I'll be on, on the road coming back. I, I did present a we, – we goofed and said we were going to do a uh, phone-on-phone version. So you know, Chris <laughs> was going to do it like on his phone, and I was going to record it driving back from Nebraska, so representing Nebraska. Um, after the show, I'll be heading down for my nephew Anders' uh, first birthday. So I will be out there and – Driving yeah, I was, back during my I was, I, I was going to go sit in my car in the driveway and do it. Just yeah, yeah. we should. Yeah, <laughs> if you guys ever want to see a goofball show like that, yeah, let us know below. Call the Phoenix Line for there the love of mankind. Call the Phoenix Line so we can run. We can finally see what's on those uh, left messages. Yeah, yeah. In the future and, episode. Yeah, along those lines, make sure it's a clear message too. I can't tell you how many I've had to delete because I can't understand a word somebody's saying. So. Let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do it each and every day with a question from my co-host, Tony, obviously, you know, a lot of people are taking advantage of, you know, sort of the tail end of the COVID pandemic, still sitting there on uh, uh, unemployment and uh, not really going back to work, even though places are hiring. What would you say is one of the biggest industries right now that's suffering? Uh, with people not going back, it's affecting everyone. I can say, um, <laughs> knowing our the opening segments, always going to be something crazy. So, 
Um, I'm going to just be logical. And I'm going to say the um, retail industry is having a hard time with just finding quality. At this point, you're scraping. So where I work, we're just taking pretty much anybody. And they're not sticking. We literally hired 30 people. And out of the 30 people, after one week, we maybe got 10 to stick on, 20 dropped off. And that's at a company where people want to work. It's just, you know, the the thing is, is people are making more of uh, sitting on their butt. Just doing, you know, collecting nothing. So it's all about the long game, folks, the long game. It's like, you know, you might make a little less at first, but if you stick around, uh, the benefits, uh, that. So I, I'm going to say retail, but I'm sure that's not where we're going because that's yeah, too fact, easy. It's too easy. It is a little easy, but uh, along those lines, our uh, local Red Robin has closed down to in uh, dining or you know in store dining and restaurant dining uh, because they don't have enough waiters. People just oh. exactly. You so know, I'm glad you said store. that because we had a we had a nasty experience at Chili's in, in Glenwood Springs two weeks ago. Um, like the waiter was such a jerk. I mean, I've never been treated like that. Like he got my margarita wrong and I said, sir, that's not what I ordered. And he said, well, it is what it is. And I said, no, I go, <laughs> I didn't order that and I don't want it. And he goes, you gotta be kidding me. I go, I ain't kidding you, dude. I'm not, I don't want it. So then it created a, a shit storm at the table because I stood my ground and said, I ain't drinking that. I don't want it. Go you away. Well, my sister, my sister, my sister didn't tip him, not even a penny. She's wow. like straight up F this guy. But we talked to the manager and she said, you know, we don't have anybody. She goes, I'm so sorry. I have brand new cooks, new wait staff. I can't keep anybody. So they're struggling too. So I totally get that. Sorry to hijack that. <laughs> well, all that goes to say that businesses have been facing difficulties filling positions in the hospitality hospitality industry since COVID-19 restrictions have loosened and strip clubs are no exception. At least one gentleman's club in New Orleans is offering signing bonuses to new and returning entertainers to combat what they call a national exotic dancer shortage. We look forward to reverting back to a seven-day-per-week operation, just as we were prior to COVID, said Ann Kessler, general manager of Larry Flynn's Hustler Club in New Orleans. In order to do so, we need to ensure that we have an ample number of entertainers to sustain our guests, which is why we are implementing a signing incentive to both local and out-of-state entertainers. Larry Flint's Hustler Club on Bourbon Street is offering $1,000 incentives to any new or returning entertainer. Believe it or not, New Orleans has everything besides exotic dancers at this time, Kessler adds. I urge entertainers to contact me for their signing bonus as the city quickly gears towards full capacity. So, yeah, you know, all industries are being affected, including strip clubs. I actually had a feeling you were going to say an adult establishment. That's why I, I didn't. I, that was going to be my guess, but I just was like, I had a feeling it was going there. So I played it safe. Well, and here locally in northern Nevada, I don't know if the brothels are back open, if they're having any issues, but uh, kind of along those same lines. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Well, who would, who did we have on our show a year ago? Alice Little. Club? Alice Little. I, I don't know if you still talk to her. Maybe ask her. Maybe we'll get her on sometime. Yeah, it might probably, be worth reaching probably back. Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, that was a fun episode. That's, go back in the archives for that one. Definitely. Well, folks, it is Friday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Every 
We're looking forward to the weekend, but not before mm-hmm. we bring you guys good news, everyone. Good news! We've got a segment called Stereotypical Alcoholics. And of course, we round out the day with This Day in History. Mm-hmm. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Rouses! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a thing we talk about a couple times each show. In fact, we even mentioned it in the opening segment. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe uh, you are a former stripper that's looking to head on down to New Orleans and uh, get that $1,000 signing bonus. Yeah, we want to hear about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now it is Friday. I love the Phoenix sound. <laughs> it is Friday, as we do on Fridays. You know, we like to turn the tables a little bit on all the bad news, the vitriol, the divisiveness that's out there with a segment I like to call Good News, Everyone. So I'll go ahead and kick things off with this story. Love is wonderful the second time around, but it can be all the more special if you don't remember the first time. For Peter Marshall, who suffers from early onset Alzheimer's, forgetting his past has meant a bittersweet chance to fall in love with his wife, Lisa, and ask her to marry him all over again. Peter and Lisa have been married for 12 years. At 56, his illness has progressed rapidly, but no matter what turn his condition takes, Lisa remains steadfastly by his side because even if he can't remember her name, he knows that he loves her and that she loves him. He doesn't know that I'm his wife. I'm just his favorite person, Lisa told NBC News. I don't need to have a label. I don't need a name because our hearts are connected. Last winter, as the Connecticut couple sat on the couch watching a televised wedding, Peter had an inspiration. Not realizing they were already married, he proposed, and a surprise Lisa happily accepted. And so a date was set. Vendors who knew Lisa's event planner daughter donated their services to make the day perfect. Throughout the touching ceremony, Peter beamed at his bride, while sometimes through tears, Lisa smiled back as she made her vows. 
It was so perfect. I couldn't have dreamt for a better day. It was so magical, Lisa told NBC. I can't remember seeing him so happy for so long. I'm the luckiest girl in the world. I got to do it twice. Though the ceremony took place only a few months ago, Peter has no recollection of the event. But what he's not forgotten is the woman who's never going to leave him. The women uh, he loves who loves him back. I think that's supposed to say woman, not women. <laughs> and when hearts are truly connected, sometimes remembering love can be more than enough. You know, I came across this as such a sweet and touching story. Um, you know, Jesse, who, uh, you know, we're supposed to be getting married within the next year ourselves. You know, she deals with uh, seniors, Alzheimer's, dementia, and, uh, you know, seeing that uh, it's an illness that progresses quickly. A story like this is just so heartwarming, and that's what makes it my good news, everyone. That is a great news story. Um, following after your great news story, here's one I came across uh, just yesterday, actually. Um, this one is about an eight-year-old boy who sold his Pokemon card collection to pay for his sick dog $700 treatment. Bryson Kleeman, I think I'm saying that it's either Kleeman or Kleeman. We'll call him Kleeman. If I'm sure. wrong, they ain't gonna know. <laughs> so Bryson Kleeman decided to sell his Pokemon card collection after learning his dog needed a pricey procedure to treat a lethal viral infection. Um, he was willing to do whatever it takes to save his dog's life, even if it meant selling his pr most prized possession, his Pokemon card collection. Bryson Kleeman and his mother, Kimberly Woodruff, from Lebanon, Virginia, recently noticed that their four-month-old Bruce uh, wasn't feeling well and rushed him to the vet. And uh, I'm not sure what kind of dog he is, but it uh, doesn't matter. Just a little nice uh, little puppy. Yeah. He's a very playful puppy, and he wasn't really moving, Woodruff told ABC News. He wasn't coming out of his crate. He wasn't eating. After a trip to their local vet, Bruce was diagnosed with Parvo, a contagious virus which can be lethal if left untreated. The procedure needed to treat the pup uh, cost around $700, which the family couldn't afford. Kind of made me sad because usually my brother and sister play together and I don't have anybody to play with. So I usually play with him, Bryson told the outlet. Worried about losing his friend and playmate, the boy decided to take matters in his own hands when he sold his Pokemon cards, which he's collected over the past four years. He set up a table outside along with a large sign saying that read, Pokemon for sale. Um... Sorry, showing cute little pictures of him with his thumbs up and his Pokemon Aww. card sign. Woodruff wasn't at home when Bryson started selling the Pokemon cards on May 4th, but told ABC that her husband sent a picture of Bryson outside next to his handmade sale sign. According to Washington Post, Bryson sold the cards for 5 to $10. However, once people got wind of his fundraiser through Facebook, they began to donate without expectation of Pokemon cards in return. Woodruff, Woodruff decided to create a GoFundMe to raise money for the procedure after getting an overwhelming amount of messages from the community. And on the cute little uh, poster, it says, can you help my dog? I love my dog. And he drew a picture of his puppy on there, just Aww. his face. Uh, can you help my dog? And he looks to be like a, a little black lab is what, I, what he looks like. He's adorable. Um, although he initially set out to raise $800, Bryson has earned more than $15,000 through his Whoa. fundraiser. Yeah. And we needed 700, but, uh, or 800, but he's got 15,000 on May 10th. Woodruff shared an update for those following their family story, revealing Bruce received his procedure and is on the mend. 
Bryson is a, he's in a picture in his Pikachu outfit with dub, double thumbs up. Bruce is now home with his family. He's doing great, still in recovery. Um, we thank you all for the continued love and support. Any further donations will be used to help other families and the animals. Bryson and I just want to thank everybody for all that you have done for us. She added a few days later, he has received a lot of love and support from fam- from all over the U.S. and well enough to help other families reward himself as well. So just awesome love. And, and you know, just the little cute love of this young man and his little puppy. I mean, awesome. And I hopefully Bruce uh, can uh, be on the mend and uh, heal because Parvo is, is definitely a scary thing in pups. It's uh, yeah. not good. Yeah. And I always love hearing when, uh, you know, something like this happens where, you know, they're only trying to raise 800 bucks, but they end up getting 15,000 that they take the additional proceeds to help other people out as opposed to just pocketing and saying, Hey, thanks everybody. Yep. Well, thanks for Bruce. Oh, by the way, we're just, we're going to buy a ton of Pokemon cards for Bryce and we'll make sure we get that elusive Charizard card, you know, and a brand new car for Bruce as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce is good. We put money in Bruce's, uh, yeah. Bruce gets a uh, fluffy jacket and we opened up an Instagram for Bruce. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, great story, man. Love the pictures. If you guys, uh, I'll put it up on our uh, Facebook page and you guys can check it out. Very cute. The pictures are, they're just as cute as the story, so. Very cool. I'd certainly say that qualifies as. Good news, everyone. And with the uh, remaining three minutes, I've got one more short story. So in early April, Girl Scouts were expect, uh, experiencing a 50% shortfall in cookie sales with reduced foot traffic and the pandemic limiting their ability to sell their iconic cookies in person and eating into their annual activity budgets. Google's delivery service Wing began talking to a local Girl Scout troop in Christiansburg, Virginia, where they run America's first and only residential drone delivery service. Now, enthusiasm and sales are soaring, with the local scout selling cookies in an entirely new way, via drone. Residents in Christiansburg can now get Samoas, Thin Mints, peanut butter patties, and more favorites flown through the sky and dropped directly at their front door. And through it all, Wing has also been working with local scouts, showing them the technology of how drones work and hopefully hopefully inspiring the girls to pursue STEM careers. In return, they're teaching us a lot about how to sell cookies, one spokesperson told GNN. During 2020, Wing was able to support a, local of, uh, a number of local Christianburg businesses with their contactless delivery capabilities. For example, the owner of Mockingbird Cafe Bakery reported that drone delivery accounted for about 25% of sales during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. GNN reported last June on a local library that began using Wing to deliver books to kids stuck at home obviously brilliant. Shoppers with a sweet tooth can order through the Wing app in Christiansburg until the end of May. Well, apparently this is an older story, but the company has committed to help the girls sell 3,000 boxes regardless. So far, the most popular cookie order is, well, not surprising, Thin Mints. A recent Virginia Tech survey of consumers in the nearby southern Virginia town found 87% of residents like the idea of drone delivery following the first year of service in the community. Drones can deliver goods to a consumer in minutes without adding to traffic congestion and energy-wise. They are about 10 times as efficient as electric vehicles and more than 50 times more efficient than gasoline-powered vehicles. It makes a lot more sense to deliver a one-pound box of cookies with a 10-pound drone than it does with a 3,000-pound car, says Wing. 
If it means getting our Thin Mints dropped into our front yard, it's a badge that's worth a Girl Scout sash. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's nice when you see tech companies helping out, you know, something as foundational as, you know, Girl Scouts and and the cookies. You know, I, we didn't get our supply of cookies this year because nobody came around and we didn't see them yeah. at the stores. I was going to say didn't see them this year. I was just actually as you were reading that, I go, you know, it's weird. I didn't see any nope. uh, Girl Scout cookies for sale this year. You know, last year, man, I was buying from my niece. I was buying from coworkers and I don't even eat cookies. <laughs> they just sat there, you know, just kind of when people came over, hey, you want Thin Mint? So there you go. Yeah, I, yeah. I eat them. I, I enjoy the cookies. But uh, yeah. needless to say, that certainly is good news, everyone. All right, folks. Well, that does it for our good news, everyone. When we come back, uh, we are headed into a segment called Stereotypical Alcoholics. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you do want to catch us from the comfort of your own home, on your couch or on the go, just download the ngbn.tv app application from your smart TV or your smartphone. And uh, you can then go to the Phoenix Media channel there, find this show and other great Phoenix Media shows as well. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony Spark. That's S-P-A-R-K. 81 or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81 as well. Well, with this segment, uh, you know, I wanted to take a look at, uh, you know, alcoholics and, uh, you know, what bartenders think is the stereotypical type of person based on the drink that they order. Now, Tony, do you have a go-to drink when you're out at the bar? Yeah, I like to go with either a sour or a Moscow mule. Those are typically, if I'm going to a bar, it's that. If it's a restaurant, it's a margarita. But if it's a bar, it's it's typically a Moscow or a uh, uh, a sour beer if they have a good one. All right. Yeah. Well, as, as we go through, maybe we'll see if uh, you know one of those pops up and if you fit that stereotype. All right. Sounds good. We shall see. <laughs> For me, I'm a uh, rum and coke guy. You know, I, I love a good rum and coke. Um, if I'm out at a restaurant and drinking with food, uh, usually it's either a glass of red wine or a. Uh, like a Hefeweizen beer, a wheat beer. but Yeah, uh, Hefeweizen's good. Yeah, it's a good beer. But when it comes to hard alcohols, rum and Coke for me. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the stereotypical alcoholics here with what bartenders say is the fitting personality based on what they drink. Hold on to your butts. So this from Kaz Colhane says that uh, the stereotypical gin and tonic drinker will talk your ear off whether you like it or not. And after four drinks, will take someone inappropriate home. Have you ever known a, a gin and tonic drinker tone? And do you think that? Yeah, might my buddy, my buddy Jeff loved gin and tonics, but I mean, he's loyal to his wife. He never took anybody home. You know, right. he was always just a calm, like he wasn't a silly drunk. He was always a happy, laughy guy in general. 
But yeah, as far as being a, a like a, a weird drunk and anything, definitely not. So, <laughs> well, you had some big else. gin and tonic guy. So, you had another bartender who chimed in and said, "On average, they are pleasant, have good taste, but they do tend to cry when they have had too many." Uh, was he a, a crier? At no, all? no way, man. That dude right. never. That dude never cried. Never. Well, let's move on with stereotypical alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. All right. Here's what uh, bartender Destiny K4 said about vodka Red Bull drinkers. Says it means I'll have to keep an eye on you throughout the night because you're about to act drunk and high. I could see that. You know, alcohol's typically a downer. Obviously, Red Bull is an upper. And uh, most people I know that drink that uh, are more on the crazy side. Yeah. I've had it before. I've never gotten drunk off of it, but I, I could see the spastastic nature of it all, like like really jittery and all over the place. <laughs> you know, I think the thought process is, hey, I'm kind of tired, but I could get my drink on while having my energy drink too, you know? It's an interesting combo, actually. It's not bad. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Red Bull. I just don't like the taste, so I'm going to pass on that one. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving on. Stereotypical alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. This one, I'd say, is perfect. Reminds me back of my college days from bartender NPK369. Says about people with fireball shots. Well, fireball shots equal underage, first-time drinker who can't wait to have an epic hangover story. Absolutely true. I don't know. 100% true. Grown-ass adult who drinks fireball. No. I see people that do shots, but it's usually the younger ones that have them. You know, yep. last time uh, I did fireball shots and all that stuff was probably that day I got roofied in uh, Lincoln when we went to that Volbeat show. And, <laughs> and then that guy had that backpack and we drank at, well, I think I drank out of it. And then I don't really remember much of the and show. Disappeared. Yep. Yeah, I, I like to disappear. Yeah. After a few of this. So <laughs> I tend not to do any of that crazy stuff. Try to avoid it. Probably for the best. Well, mm-hmm. let's keep moving on. Stereotypical alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. All right. This one from bartender KBlue02, talking about people who drink Stella Artois, obviously a very famous beer, says the guys who would try to push to the front of the queue and end their night out with a fight were always the guys who ordered a pint of Stella. Based on uh, the verbiage that they use, I assume that uh, they're somewhere in Europe or the UK. I've always known Stella drinkers as the people who want something that's uh, light, a little more refined, uh, as opposed to like a Bud Light or a Coors Light. Right. Well, and it's crazy. Like, I think the people that really drink beer, especially if you've gone sophisticated, it would take a lot more to get drunk. So they'd have to be drinking an awful lot or be mixing with something to get to that point. Right. I don't just see most people get smashed off beer anymore. You know what I mean? They drink it and they've... So the people that drink, they have to drink like a 12 pack and stuff to even get that buzz because they drink it so often. Yeah. Well, that's how it is for me. That's why, you know, if I ever want a a good night out, I don't drink beer to do that because I've got that German blood and it takes forever for me to get drunk on beer. And the the trade-off is that I'm going to the bathroom every five minutes because I'm, my bladder's full of liquid. So you just do it. All right, let's keep moving on. Stereotypical alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. This one's for you, Tone, from bartender Mary Robin W. Mary! The Moscow Mule Drinker. 
There's a 75% chance. <laughs> Let me uh, try that again. There's a 70, and I haven't even been drinking. There's a 75% chance you're about to bitch about it not being in a copper mug. And if it isn't one, you will likely steal it. Do you have any um, uh, sticky yeah. finger copper mug stone? No, no. I've never stolen a copper mug. Um, it's just better in a copper mug. It yes. keeps the, the cold air. It just... It feels like a different drink. It it feels good. Now it it's a it tastes similar in a glass, but I don't know if it's a mental thing like where it tastes better. I, it's so weird. But yeah. I do agree with it. If it's in a cup, it is a little annoying to me because it's just like oh, you know. <laughs> I kind but, of attribute that to that mental thought that uh, like Coca Cola is better in a glass bottle than a can. Exactly. It's, it's exactly the same, but uh, something about it. It's just the thing. Well, and that copper mug does keep it chilled a lot longer, and it just has that feel. Yeah. So I prefer it in the mug. Have I ever stolen the mug? No, but I do agree that I could see a Moscow mule drinker bitching about it in a glass because I don't prefer it in the glass. I prefer the copper mug. Fair enough. All right, let's keep moving on. Stereotypical alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. All right, this from uh, bartender Kira W48 for people who drink a hurricane or sex on the beach. The 20-year-old who slips by because all her friends are 21 and no one looked closely at the ID, or a boomer who rarely drinks, but they're on vacation. Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Tony on vacation is known to get the, uh, the foofy drinks with the little umbrellas. Love them. Love the foofy drinks. (laughs) <laughs> I'm afraid to admit it, man. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right, let's keep rolling on. Stereotypical alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. Another one from bartender Kira W48, talking about French 75, which is a sparkling wine, says, <laughs> this is for people who are all out of fucks, but you're making it a fashion. I get it. Yeah. Yep. Just, Add a have, little, it. Just uh, have it. Yeah, add a little orange juice, make it a mimosa, and you can be uh, a morning all out of fucks type person. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't care. It's what I have. Don't <laughs> give a F, you know? All right, rolling on stereotypical alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. Bartender CCKJ00N talking about people who order fruity beers. It says fruity beers equal girls who want to impress their boyfriends but don't actually like beer. Tony, does that, that would qualify be as ciders? Yeah, sours? that would be ciders. Yeah, I like sours, man. I don't like the I don't like the uh, the seltzers. Like, I'm not a big seltzer guy. No, but, no. Uh, that seems to be the popular choice with girls. Uh, I can't speak for what girls drink. I, I mean, I dated a girl that was into IPAs, and then I would drink like the sour beer next to her or the fruity beer. So. That's all right. um, I used to get this one at this uh, really cool bar in Westminster uh, called Coco Pelli. And uh, the bartender guy, he was awesome. He would make this thing called a uh, Fruit Loops, which was a uh, sour and um, it's like a sour wheat beer. But gosh, dang, was it good, man. <laughs> I mean, I looked girly as hell drinking it. It was like this pink, this Aww. pink frothy beer. Yeah, it was good, though, man. But yeah, I don't know why I'm drawn to those. The chicky drinks, man. I, I like them. They're good. But, you know, I kind of I kind of believe I like to drink what tastes good. I'm not like one to just go drink to go get drunk. You know, like if that's right. the case that I'm I'm going straight for the hard alcohol like you just. And plus, I don't drink if if it's so rare when I do have a drink that really doesn't take much to get me to uh, crazy town. 
right? The amazing You're- Anthony. That's it's my alter ego. Uh, ego. Eagle. Yeah, amazing ego, alternate ego, the amazing Anthony. Like that son of a bitch does crazy things, things that I wouldn't normally do. And then I have stories that haunt me forever. It's been that way since high school. There was the the infamous camping trip up in the mountain where I made out with that girl. And I was like, I never, never in a million years would have made out with that girl. Well, not only that, but the amazing uh, Anthony can also make himself disappear. I can, I can, I can disappear. I talk to bushes. Um, a lot. There might be a segment one time, like things that Anthony has done when he's drunk. There you it's, go. I have a lot of horror stories, which is probably what keeps me in check of not being an alcoholic. Cause I don't like the stories. They're kind of cringeworthy to me. So <laughs> kind of keeps me grounded. Like not saying I don't like to have the occasional girly drink to keep me centered. There you go. Yeah. And then finally here in Stereotypical Alcoholics. Hold on to your butts. You have uh, Kira is back talking about people who order a white Russian. Says uh, either you don't drink too much or you have a great taste in movies. Uh, Talking about the big Lebowski there. Well, folks, that does it for this segment. When we come back, we're heading to the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, folks, we did it. We made it to not only the final segment of the show, but the final segment of the week on this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Fine. I'll go build my own lunar lander with blackjack and hookers. In fact, forget the lunar lander and the blackjack. Ah, screw the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Bender bending Rodriguez. Now that is irony. (laughs) While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Like us, subscribe to us, share us, and follow us. And uh, call the Phoenix line. We want to hear what's on that damn thing, all right? What I'm more curious. can we ask for? We talk about it all the time. I want to hear what's on it. You know, I just want to. Just Let's say- go already. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, as we like to do at this portion of the show, drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for this day in history. Reverse the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, let's go ahead and kick things off this day in 1742. Benjamin Franklin invents his Franklin stove. Go figure. He named it after himself. Yeah, that's how it is. I'm going to call this baking device the Franklin stove. Ooh, I, like <laughs> I, wonder, it. I wonder how that differs from any other normal stove. Well, it's just it's the stove made by Franklin, of course. <laughs> 
Moving on this day in 1776, Continental Congress creates a committee to draft a Declaration of Independence with Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Roger Sherman, and Robert R. Livingston as members. And of course, that is the document that has John Hancock's name huge. That <laughs> is, that is big. Yeah, he went big time on that. Way he to go, John Hancock. He did. He went huge on that thing. Surprised <laughs> they didn't call it the Franklin of Declaration of Independence. There you go. And since he made a stove. He likes to name things after himself. So He does. Moving on, this day in 1898, the first U.S. Marines, 600 of them, land at Guantanamo, Cuba during the Spanish-American War. I uh, wonder if uh, that's when Harold and Kumar escaped, but uh, yeah, who knows? You don't know. I like how Teddy's just posing in the middle, like, sup? <laughs> this is my, oh, ironically enough, you know, that's with his Rough Riders. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1927, Charles Lindbergh is awarded the first Distinguished Flying Cross. Of course, uh, we all know he's a famed pilot, and uh, I think that point uh, he was awarded that because of World War I. I don't know if he was a fighter pilot or just an aviation pioneer during that time. Yeah, I don't know. What an awesome aviator, though, man. He did a lot of things. He did. Yeah, it's a shame, though, that uh, you know his child was kidnapped and later murdered and yeah. all of that, but... Yeah, it's it's all a part of the history. Moving on this day in 1928, Alfred Hitchcock's film Case of Jonathan Drew or The Lodger is released. Again, I want to know more information. Why is it called something different? And uh, based that it was, uh, you know, 1928, you know, most of his famous work wasn't until the 1950s. You know, how does this, this differ from like Psycho and those sorts yeah. of things? Yeah, his films, man, always before they start, they had that dun, 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 and it had like that little artwork of his face and he'd walk up and always turn to the camera. So That's right. Weird, yeah. weird way to start like things, but he did it all the time. Yeah. I wonder if that was the weird. inspiration for like the James Bond opening, you know, with the gun looking down the barrel and he walks out and, you know, turns and shoots. Yeah. It was a unique way to welcome uh, the audience into his movies, though. But it's totally weird. And I don't know. I just saw that picture and that music and that whole thing just came back to me. <laughs> All right. I had thought about that a while. It's kind of like during our beer segment when you talked about a Heffenweisen. I went back to the time we went to that German place in Vegas. It was you, me, my sister and my ex. And I totally transported back to that time for a minute. I was like, oh, that was weird. Well, that's what we do on this show. Is, you know, it's a time traveling ed- edition. Woo. Exactly. Speaking of time traveling, this day in 1962, U.S. President John F. Kennedy accepts an honorary degree from Yale. How do you get an honorary degree? Yeah. You know? Hey, John, you're a, you're a good looking dude. You're the president of the United States. I know you didn't go to Yale. I know you went to Harvard. Jeez. I don't know if you really went to Harvard, but... Uh, you know, here's an honorary degree. I mean, you could just say you went to Yale. It's from us to you. It's, yeah. It's kind of like the honorary Oscars, right? They're like, uh, you've never won an Oscar. Here's an honorary one. Right, right. But you're famous and we want news, so. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Way to go, Yale. Let's keep moving on. This day in 1963, Buddhist monk Thich Quang Duc immolates himself at a Saigon intersection, creating one of the Vietnam War's most iconic images. And obviously- oh. It was what uh, Rage Against the Machine used for the cover of their first album. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the Rage Against the Machine album. I didn't know that was a real thing. Oh, yeah. Thick Quang Duck, I'm going to burn myself today. Thick Quang Duck, let's get 
toasty. <laughs> toasty. <laughs> Moving on. This day in 1966, Paint It Black by the Rolling <laughs> Stones peaks at number one in the U.S. Great song. Um, great song. And, uh, you know, it's funny is I thought uh, that you and Jimmy wrote that song. <laughs> We did not. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you covered it with, yep. uh, what, what was the band called? Dark Intent. Dark Intent, right? exactly. Yeah, I was thinking, I, for whatever reason, I was not familiar back in the day with the Rolling Stones. Never heard the song. It's a fantastic song. But when I heard you guys play it, I was like, shit, this is, this is, this is effing good, man. I like this song. I'm like, this could be like their thing. Didn't realize it was a cover. I, I was a stupid kid. So, but I really did think that was one of your guys' originals. Fantastic song, though. (laughs) Well, let's keep rolling on this day in 1979. Chuck Berry pleads guilty to income tax evasion, sentenced to four months. Uh, Didn't um, uh, Snipes, Wesley Snipes, get far more than four months for the same thing? Yeah, he got a long time for it. Yeah. Hey. What was his what was his cousin that discovered uh, rock and roll and back to the future? Was it Marvin? Uh Marvin Berry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> hey Chuck, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> ah, great movie. Let's keep rolling on. Oops, that's not the sound bad I want. Here it is. This day in 1982, Larry Holmes. TKO's Jerry Cooney in 13 for the heavyweight boxing title. Down goes Cooney. Stay down and new champion, Larry Holmes. Also on this day in 1982, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore, is released. And that's back when the uh, the police still had guns in their hands and not uh, walkie-talkies. Oh, yeah. That's right. It is walkie-talkies now, huh? Oh, I still like E.T. Uh, from uh, Cheech and Chung. Eddie Testicle. I'm E.T. Eddie Testicle. <laughs> Speaking of Steven Spielberg, this day in 1993, Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum, opens and sets a box office weekend record at $502 million. Oh. It's a fantastic movie. Hold fantastic. Up. It does. And this whole show, I've had that dumb theme song in my head the entire show. Have you really? Yeah, I really have. Yeah. Dee, 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 dee. You're welcome. It's in years now. The reason why is because the poster dropped uh, yesterday for um, uh, Jurassic Park World Dominion. And I happened to just uh, see the picture before the show. And I was like, oh. And then instantly the theme song plays yeah. when I saw the logo. It's so. enough to spark that in your brain. Yep. All right, and then finally here on this day in history, this day in 2002, American Idol, created by Simon Fuller with judges Simon Cowell, Paula Abdul, and Randy Jackson premieres on Fox. Back when it was this huge sensation, everybody watched. Now it's just... uh, I don't know who watches it now. Yeah, back when it came out, I swear to God, when Kelly Clarkson was on there, I thought it was our friend Kelly Gaffney, the one that we went to (laughs) Vegas with, because they looked alike at the time. And uh, I told... I told Cassie, I said, I know her. Her name's Kelly. And she goes, you don't know her. I go, I do. Like Chris and I, we went to her dorm room, <laughs> smoked weed with her in her dorm. <laughs> Turns out two different Kellys, but uh, they look very similar. So exactly. I thought I knew Kelly Clarkson for a minute. Well, before we head out to the day, let's uh, run down some of today's holidays. Ah! We talk about the things that we like to celebrate. 
And uh, we'll get through these pretty quickly. It is Court on the Cob Day. It is Robinson um, Cousteau Day. Don't know. It is King Kamehameha Day. Weird name day, apparently. National German Chocolate Cake Day. National hey, Life Beautiful Day. And finally, National Marriage Day. Folks, marriage? that doesn't work this Friday. Again, we will be out on Monday with the best of, but we will see you all on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Peace. Thank you.